Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They seem to have really unusual names. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Hi, Matthew Collar in for Phil Mackey along with Judd Zolgad. And we welcome into the show a guy that uh, I really love his work. He writes for The Athletic now. And uh, it's fun sometimes when you start following somebody on Twitter that you don't know, but you just like their work, and then they get better jobs. So we welcome in uh, Ted Wynn, who is a film analyst, loves the game of football as much as anybody. How are you, Ted? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing great, man. So Ted did an awesome piece on The Athletic about Kirk Cousins and how he fits into the Minnesota Vikings and, and where they can go. Now, Ted, the first question I have for you from watching the film on Kirk Cousins closely is, do you think that Kirk Cousins is a good fit with the Minnesota Vikings and with John Filippo, And how do you get a sense for what John Filippo is going to bring since uh, he was only an offensive coordinator in 2015 and then a, a quarterback coach otherwise? Yeah, so that's a little hard to project, but I think what um, I think he was heavily influenced by uh, his work with the Philadelphia Eagles and working under Doug Peterson and seeing how that offense worked so well. Uh, so I think he's going to bring a lot of what uh, they did with the Eagles to the Vikings and they're going to have a good amount of shotgun runs. They're going to run RPOs. They're going to have some spread concepts. But I think, you know, he also has to play the Kirk Cousins strengths as well. And Kirk Cousins plays really well under center uh, with the strong play action run game under center. So I think he's going to implement some of that too. So it'll be a little bit of a mix between what Kirk does well and what the Eagles did with their spread concepts last year. So, Ted, what do you like about uh, Kirk? And and if there are concerns as he moves into this next phase of, of his career with this contract, what would the concerns be that you've seen on film from him? Uh, I think he made a lot of strides last year. I think the knock on Cousins uh, throughout his career was that he wasn't aggressive enough, that you know sometimes he'll go through his, to his check down a little too quick. But I thought last year he made a lot of strides and being really making a lot of aggressive throws. I think he'll continue making strides and becoming more aggressive. Uh, but one thing I did see on film a lot, and it's kind of um, a double-edged sword because it's kind of his strength and his weakness, is that he's you know kind of oblivious to pressure. Like um, there are times where he'll stand in pocket and make these amazing throws while he's getting hit, but there are other times where he should just probably take a sack or try to evade the sack and he'll end up uh, getting hit mid throw and it'll you know put his uh, receiver in a dangerous situation or put the ball up for grabs. 
That was definitely one area, Ted, that watching back his last season that stuck out to me too. And and he is number one in the NFL in fumbles over the last three years, which I think could probably drive Mike Zimmer up the wall if he has uh, some of those same issues. So if you are John D. Filippo and you're watching back the same tape that you and I watched and you're saying, okay, he's got this issue where uh, oblivious to pressure is a great way to put it, and sometimes just not feeling that guy coming off the edge or beating his man – and so now what do you do as an offensive coordinator to try to mitigate some of that? Uh, I think, you know, you'd run a lot of quick, uh, quick concepts. Obviously the best thing to do is have a great offensive line to protect them. That way you don't have to, um, you know, worry about too much pressure. But I think that's just something you just got to really ingrain in his head during practice and tell him, you know, look, if you're starting to feel pressure or if you're, a ter- you know, if we're, you're, you've gone through three or four progressions, you know, you got to be a little more careful with the ball. You can't just stand in there. You got to get ready to break outside the pocket. You can't stand there for this a certain amount of time on this concept. Just let them know um, that you know, in these certain protections, you have this amount of time. And after that, we got to really start looking at uh, breaking the pocket or checking down or uh, moving quicker. And I think with the Vikings and their great defense, he doesn't have to take those chances and stand in there. You know, he could take the safe play and uh, live for another down. Ted, as you you watched film of uh, Kirk from last year in Washington, how much did you observe that the reduction in uh, the reduction in talent around him impacted his play? Because it certainly looked uh, from like 2016 to 17, things changed as far as the uh, skill spots that Washington had. How much was was the potential reduction in his play in 2017 on Kirk? And how much is probably attributable attributable to the fact that he lost some talent around him from that 2016 Redskins team? I think it had a lot to do with that. I mean, I think in 2016 he had a lot of talent, and he put up great numbers. He played really well, but in 2017 I actually thought he improved his game, even though his numbers didn't improve, uh, just because the talent around, you know, he lost a lot of receivers to injury, free agency, and then his offensive line was just decimated towards the end of the season. And um, towards the end of the season, he was getting hit so much and so often his accuracy really suffered and he was starting to get happy feet in the pocket and things like that. But I think when he gets to the Vikings, he's going to have a lot of talent, obviously, with Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, he's going to have a strong running game. So uh, he's going to have a much improved uh, cast around him. And just hopefully that offensive line can stay healthy and protect him and um, you know, his accuracy will be more consistent throughout the season. Ted Wynn from The Athletic does great work, uh, did a, an article on Kirk Cousins and how he fits with the Minnesota Vikings, if you want to go find that. I, I think this might be a hard question uh, for you to answer, Ted, because you're such a, a detailed guy with every part of the game, so maybe you don't uh, come as hard with the hot takes of where a guy ranks in the league and things like that, but when you look at the whole picture of Kirk Cousins, where do you have him? I mean, do you ha- have him as a top-tier quarterback as maybe some of his statistics insinuate with the 4,000-yard seasons? Do you have him as a guy that will have to rely on that supporting cast in in order to maximize this team and, and reach the Super Bowl? Or uh, is he a guy that's going to need a lot of help from the supporting cast uh, in order to actually get this team deep into the playoffs? Uh, you know, before I looked at his 2017 film, I, I thought he was kind of that um, that guy that's outside of the top 10 that wouldn't necessarily carry a team over the hump, but could play with a lot of talent and do well with a lot of talent around him. 
But I think he made so much, so much improvement in 2017 and having to play with, you know, a decimated uh, Redskins team towards the end of the season, having to carry that team. Uh, I think he, he showed that he can improve a team and, um, you know, potentially make a team a lot better. So, so I think – um, I think I would consider him in the top ten. Kind of, I wouldn't say he's a top five quarterback, but um, without you know really putting everybody in a ranking, uh, I think he would be towards you know the bottom bottom end of the top ten uh, ranking if you were to uh, rank every quarterback in the league. And it's really fascinating about quarterback stats and things like that because 2017 would be, I think, a lot of people would look at it as his worst year because their fantasy team would not have done as well with Kirk Cousins, but from what you saw, you liked it more, which is is kind of interesting to me, and and we argue over that with quarterbacks all the time. Uh, Before we let you go, Ted, you're out there, you cover the Raiders a lot. Uh, What do you think of, of John Gruden taking over? Because I love John Gruden from the Gruden quarterback camps, but signing some of the older veteran players, I'm a little skeptical of how this is going to go for them. Yes. So, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot being made right now of John Gruden signing these older players. And, um, yeah, I think the Raiders just don't have that much cap room. And I do think that he does like older players. He likes players that know what they're doing. that can play within the system are disciplined. And, um, that's kind of been his calling call throughout his career. Um, but you know, the Raiders don't have that much cap room. Um, they didn't really participate in the first wave of free agency, but they're really active in the second wave of free agency. Uh, yesterday I, you know, I did a deep dive film and, uh, breakdown of Jordy Nelson. And I thought, you know, he does have some, uh, some play. I think, uh, he could realistically go for 800 yard season. I mean, he started the season off hot last year and he kind of tailed off when Aaron Rodgers hurt. I really like the Rashawn Melvin signing. I think he could be a big steal in free agency. Uh, obviously, the Raiders aren't done yet. They're um, interested in the Dominican uh, Sioux right now. So if you get that, all of a sudden, you know, the perspective, the perspective, uh, perspective on um, the Raiders' free agency class could really change. Uh, but you know, I, I do understand it's going to be it's going to be a bit of unknown how he's going to assimilate to the league, having not having coaches for this long. So I kind of get the um, you know everybody's concerns with him. But I, I'm excited to see what he can do. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time, Ted. Good talking Thank to you. Thank you for having me on. All right, bye-bye. Ted Wynn uh, covers the National Football League for The Athletic. Uh, check out his work. So what's your guess about how the Patriots, speaking of o- Oakland making some deals, are going to use Cordero Patterson? Do you think he's just a return guy there? Or is Bill... I- I've got this thought in my mind that Bill's going to be like, I'm going to give this a shot. Um, okay, let me answer that question. But before that, yeah, uh, there is competition committee has made recommendations on the catch rule. And I can read it to you very quickly before this break. Okay. Number one, control of the ball. Number two, two feet down or another body part. Yep. Number three, a football move such as third step, reaching, extending the ball, or the ability to perform such an act. Mm -hmm. That's what you wanted, right? Yeah, that's Des Bryant. Yes, that's exactly what that's much closer to what I want. I agree. There's a lot of gray area there, though. Um, let me just pull back to your question. I think that the Patriots will use him the same way that the Vikings did in 2016. I think they're going to get the ball in his hands. They're going to line him up probably as a running back sometimes, maybe. I, I mean, after watching I'd consider that. What, what he's done, I, I think that pitches and reverses and any way to get him the ball is great. 
kick returner, and punt gunner. That's something that's not to be ignored with Patterson as deep in the weeds as that is to talk about punt gunner. I just he think, was fantastic at it. I just think if you can get – if you, I really believe that offensively, if you accept the fact that he can't really run a normal route, there are ways to use him. And I think the oh, pay, yeah, and no, I think the, and I think Brady might say, "What the hell? Let's try it." Now, might drive him crazy, but uh, you taped what three episodes of the Purple Podcast or three different Purple Podcasts y- yesterday? Yes. Okay. And if I put out one so far, I understand. I understand that one was very controversial. So, so let's come back and talk about that. Why is Matthew Collar and his guest? Why are they trying to already discredit the 2018 Vikings? We'll discuss. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. Thank you, David Harrigan. And I think somebody, I, I think we're going to get a rebuttal here to Matthew Collar's um, um, story about how he took apart Courtney Cronin in uh, the, what game was this again? This was uh, GoldenEye. James, All right. James Bond GoldenEye, because we have Courtney on the phone line to defend herself. Go ahead, Courtney. Okay, there's a few things here, and I just tweeted this out because... Yes, they are excuses, but they're all valid excuses. So after we after we recorded the Purple Podcast yesterday, we decided to indulge ourselves um, in some N64. My N64 was damaged in a flood in 2008, so unlike Matthew, I haven't really had the time or the opportunity to experience what it's like to practice. I haven't had the opportunity to practice. Hmm. First thing was, we were playing on a 19-inch monitor. Um, that's basically like playing on a laptop screen. So it's very difficult. My depth perception is completely off. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's just no way with a graphics card from a game from 1998 that you're going to be able to see and understand where you're going. I was running into walls. I couldn't aim. It was really difficult. So that's where the bottom line is. It's, if it's 2018, we're talking a different story with being able to be on the same level playing field. But I'm not the one with the N64 system. Mm. He's had a lot more time to practice than me. He's had a bigger opportunity here, a larger window, uh, <laughs> if you want to call it that, to uh, to get ready for a championship-type success. So the amount of kills that he's had, I believe it was upwards of 15. I will I will acknowledge that. I had one. It was a suicide kill with a rocket launcher yesterday. I killed both of us. But, um yeah, I mean, there's no excuse for, for the performance other than everything was stacked against me. All right, okay, so first of all, you're making it sound as if you were doing fine. It wasn't that bad. It was just these things that got in the way. It was 22 to 0 with the kills. Not a single kill. And by the way, the game, if you blow up yourself and the other person, it gives you a minus one. So technically you lost 22 to minus one. And you're telling me that's the graphics card, huh? I mean, I was sold as if you had played GoldenEye as a kid and that you would be able to pick it back up and we would be fairly competitive. I didn't think that you were going to win because I played way too many video games. But I thought, okay, maybe this will be fun. Maybe I'll die some and kill you a little more. But instead, it was just it got to be sad where I was just standing there with the golden gun and just blowing you away every time. Okay, Judd, Judd here's another thing. We, yeah. used to have a rule, we used to have a rule in my house, no cherry picking. You could not stand near the spot of where the one sole golden gun was or the rocket launcher or the lasers. You did not make this a rule. You did not say yeah, this first before we played. Is, I'm sorry. This is a common sense rule. Courtesy. <laughs> And, you know, sportsmanship. I mean, we're talking about sportsmanship here. You were cherry-picking next to the basket. That's no way to play basketball, and that's no way to play video games. Like, 
you can't stand next to the sole weapon. So when I become alive again, um, after the many kills that you had, so congratulations on that. I can be a sort, I can be a fair loser about it and a good loser about it. But um, the 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 fact that you were just waiting for me, essentially, and he was Irina. I was um, who was I? I was the uh, the general from that game. Which I mean, if we're talking. 2018 versus 1998, not a lot has changed between the United States and Russian relations that probably is <laughs> from GoldenEye yeah. uh, that we could probably learn a lot from. So, well, uh, I'd like yeah. to say this about your cherry-picking accusation is that I win by any means because that's what true competitors do. And if you're going to call, you could do the same thing. That's you could, you had the same option to go find the gold gun, but you couldn't find guns and you were just wailing with your hands. And it was, it was really sad. And it's sometimes I would just stand there and look at you for a minute and just watch you going around in circles and then shoot you. Sounds like she could do the same thing. She was always dead. Yeah. Well, no, yes. also another unfair part of this too, which there's a circle in the top right hand corner of every screen of you know and it's multiplayer it's two screens and if you have more controllers it can be four where it's kind of you know an unwritten rule that you don't look at the dot to see how close you are to somebody you can glance at it every once in a while but when you're this. feeding this is getting sad you cheated color because you can't you i mean if you were you know do you didn't you come up with a nice strategy you had to go the cheap way you had to go the, and i don't think that by winning by any means necessary has anything to do with cherry picking and with looking at where i am on my screen yeah. and basically waiting for me um there's no strategy involved in that that's the that's the loser's way out essentially you know the, what this reminds me of, first of all talk about being a sore loser uh but this reminds me Sounds of, like you cheated to me. This reminds me of She's how... She's accusing you of being a bad sport and a cheater. I, I read an article that some teams were upset that the Eagles were so far ahead of other teams in analytics. And like, hey, you had those tools yourself. You could have hired analytics people. Just like you had the little circle as well that you could have looked at, and yet you didn't either know how to or whatever. And, and look, it's fine that you're bad at video games. But it's absolutely to, not the case. But to suggest that you were good, I feel that's like, the problem. I feel like Courtney played the games as a kid, grew up, and got on with her life. <laughs> and, Collar, you've continued to play the games like a child. Let me, that's let what me, I'm hearing. Let me ask a question. Because as Collar describes it, it was basically, in, to put it in Vikings terms, it was 41 Donut. Oh, it yeah. was going to, to New York and getting slaughtered by the Giants in the NFC Championship game. Courtney, if all the intangibles that went against you, 19-inch screen, uh, lack of preparation time, lack of film review, and uh, frankly, Collar's cherry-picking, if those were in your favor, if cherry-picking wasn't allowed, do you think you would take him? I think that if the controllers were also checked, to make sure that one of them was not. Um, he had told me before that one of his controllers used to stick, so it was always kind of everybody would go down to the basement. Oh man, I don't want this controller because it sticks. I'm not exactly sure that we went through the proper channels and testing. Oh my gosh. Te- they test the weight of, of footballs before games. I mean, we couldn't test to make sure these controllers were both equal in terms. You were the Colts. Of- you got the bad footballs. like I. I may be the Colts, but at least here, you know, I've got I've got excuses that are valid. These are all valid excuses because I walked into a I have it was his home field advantage. I had absolutely no advantage. I had no idea what he had done to set this up before I got over and before, you know, to give himself a competitive advantage. Okay, here's the thing. I bought the game just recently 
and I had played other games like Madden 64, but I had specifically not played this game, so I wouldn't be really sharp and hadn't practiced to that. try and even play field. That is true. You that don't buy true. Golden Gun or GoldenEye and not play. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Now, now, here's what you can't explain, though, you Courtney. You think he's a cheater, too. Because I you, do. You've got all these excuses about how I practiced before and everything else. My wife has never played video games, more or less, one or two times in her entire life, and she smoked you when I handed their controller. Yeah, what? I wonder why. She got the good controller. <laughs> oh, the whole family <laughs> cheats. The whole collar family cheats. Did the mm. dog cheat too, Courtney? You know, Sloan, I'll give her credit. At least she kind of ran into some of the same issues, because clearly showing that neither of us have played in a while because she kept running into the wall and Matthew set up set us up on the cave level, which is incredibly dark, on a 19-inch monitor from a game that's on an HD TV when standard definition was a big thing in 1998. Like a lot of this stuff doesn't translate over, so of course I'm going to have be playing basically with a hand tied behind my back when someone who had clearly been practicing, um, it's the person who watched watched the game the night before, and then you get in an airport, you know, they're, they're, you're showing a replay. And he starts calling out, you know, what's going to happen, acting like, oh, wow, you just magically knew this was going to happen. See, that's the vibe that I got when I was playing this video game with him that, oh, you say you haven't played in a while. Well, you seem to know exactly where the golden gun is. <laughs> you to know all of these things that, you know, I had to draw back. I was eight years old when this game came out. It's so, a long time ago. Here, here's, what, here's my takeaway, is that you don't really know a person until you play video games against them. And now we really know who you know are, me. Courtney. Now we really know. We've, we've, I, mean, I, I think we need a rematch here, folks. That's what we need. We also need to have several levels unlocked to where you can get the odd job hat, which was that was one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, we didn't use remote mines. Um, it sounds, it sounds like you had rules, mines. though, too. Like like you had agreements and rules. And Collar just, he doesn't use those oh, rules at all. It's, uh, this is non-smoky. There are no rules. No, there need to be rules, though, because yeah. I grew up with an older brother who set these rules, and these were the house rules. And I understand every house you go to is different, um, but this is honestly anarchy. This was this was a free-for-all where you can cherry-pick and, you know, have it – it there was no competitive equity to this whatsoever. This was an abomination. <laughs> I came up with – you know, I, I went in there with a strategy – in my head of, okay, well, let's try to draw back on what you were doing in 1998, the summer that, you know, the Madonna Ray of Light song came out, and Jordan <laughs> I was the number one movie in the country, and all of other stuff. You know, I was having trouble with recall. That's not my problem. Uh, 98, A lot man. of other things I'm thinking about. I, I thought that, that that was the greatest year of your life. Right. So The home run was, chase? It was among the greatest years of my life, but... That was 20 years ago, Judd. I'm sorry. That was a long time ago. All right. So here's the opportunity. We've got all summer to do this podcast. Yeah, you uh, got to so do this again. I'm get, you, you will get more opportunity to practice. I will give you the good controller. I will let you set the rules. And oh, the other he, thing. He, he, and he had a good controller. That's, this is, there's the rub. That the, was a full admission yeah, right you there. Did. The, <laughs> yeah, you the did. The allegedly good controller. I will give you any controller you want. We'll buy more controllers. Well, you're on your heels we can do right it now, any, We can do it any way. you on your heels. Any way, anytime, go, anywhere. The sun can be in your eyes. We can use my big TV in my house. Anything yeah, you want to do. Change in monitor. Change in monitor is going to be huge. I don't even. Why are you playing on a tiny monitor? Like 
if you were such a video game aficionado growing up, you know that you need the biggest screen. You need to unplug all your stuff, and your parents get irritated at you when the aux cable or whatever it is, the coax cable, is, why is that on the ground, Courtney? Why is it missing? Well, I don't know. I need to hook up my Super Nintendo or my Sega mom. I'm sorry. Um, but that's, Maybe know. this has gone into a place I didn't expect it to go, which is like child, there's a lot, childhood There's issues. a lot of bitterness here. Yeah, wow. I can hear it. I, I didn't expect sort of like that. It, All right, and then you know what? the amateur hour when I came over to find that we were playing on a night game. <laughs> sorry. Well, I will also give you a chance at Diddy Kong Racing as well, because that's okay. a that's another classic. You'll you'll have your chances. You'll have your opportunities. All right. and, and maybe all we'll of set this. this up, Courtney. I appreciate. We should do it at the studio so there can be sure. a third and fourth party watching this to make sure. Checks no about on the TCL TV. Yes, our gorgeous TCL TV. Absolutely you perfect. Sponsorship. You could seriously get sponsorship for this, and it would work out all parties involved. I like it. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, so Twitter clearly thinks that uh, that you she's are a slime. No, that she's a sore loser. Well, I got, let's see here. I I got four tweets. I'm not sure what you have. Brayden came in, said, congratulations on the ass whooping, and it sounds like she's got nothing but excuses and is a sore loser. Paul, yeah, Paul says she has more more excuses than Hillary. Oh, wow. That's a, uh, that's a slam. Vince Tuss, who, who I worked with at the Star Tribune, says, this has turned into oddly entertaining radio. <laughs> John follows that up with four hours is really too long for you guys to have a show. And then uh, and then there, there's a Family Guy video that Skolny tweeted that says collar during the GoldenEye rematch and basically and shows Lois beating up on Peter. Yeah. I feel like some of her excuses may have been a bit of a stretch. I will give Matthew absolutely that. But I mean the TV I mean, size. Like the 19, inch, heels, the 19 inch TV, I gotta side with her on that one. That's like, you know, two NFL well, teams going at it, but oh by the way, we're gonna play this on an arena league field. So how, good luck to you. How yeah. about the late admission too that you gave her the damage controller? Yes, okay, that's true. That is not you true. said quote, yeah, I did. will let you use the good controller. Right. She thinks that it's a good controller, so you can use whatever controller you want. The other both controllers were bought new from the store, so they should be the same. I haven't used the other controller much other than to check whether it worked. But so I you've, don't you've, think you've that broken in one of them. The other's probably sticky. It's just like a baseball glove. Maybe, right? you got to work it in. you got to oil look. it up. you got to throw it under the mattress for a week with a rubber band around now, it. Now, maybe that's true, but... It, okay, so that's that's what one kill, two oh, kills. He's wearing his what? heels. No, no, no. I mean, I yeah, just yeah. I haven't used the the, the controller uh-huh. she used very much. So maybe she's got a point. But would that cause you to never kill me one time? Not one single What's kill. When you're cherry picking, yeah. She's got to regenerate, and you're just running over the golden Strategize. Let's just let's just say the story you told before the show started, and then during questions, left out some key details that she brought to light. These are don't not match key up. details. She got killed and made up a bunch of excuses on the radio just now. That's I, that's the truth. I, that's the story. The small screen does not sound like an excuse to me. Not We're at both all. Playing on the same screen. That's like, oh, it was raining. That's why we lost. Well, the other team you're was playing in the rain it. too. You're used to that screen. This is unbelievable. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Odd combination. Yeah, well, so are my parents. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackey and Judd today is uh, Zolgad and Collar TCL uh, Broadcast Studios. And uh, let's see here. Jim uh, tweets in, next segment, listen as Judd and Matthew debate American Online versus uh, Netscape Navigator. Hashtag 1998 Tech Talk. I could talk all day about the video games and stuff I played then. 
including Baseball Pro Simulation 1996. See, I have no idea what you're talking about yeah, with you, any of this. It was like one of those things I where you build in your, my mid twenties and you, drunk. You build your team, uh-huh. and it's got you got minor leagues, and you have the Rule Five draft, and you have everything, and then it's a simulation mode. So you're not the one swinging the bat or anything. You're just clicking and watching what happens. So you build it, and then you see what happens. But you now play Stratomatic Strat- yeah. on the computer, right? Yep, I play Stratomatic. I'm in a league with like ten other people. And it's the same thing. You build teams. There's a website. You draft, and then you just uh, simulate and see who wins. And the games go by in that case really quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could play. So okay. what we do is you play all your home games, and then the other team play all their home games. So you know you don't play half the games. Sure. And then it takes maybe like ten minutes. And now, now tonight you said you or today uh, for the website you said you're going to start with the you don't do mock drafts. I do not do mock you do drafts. Dra- you do. NFL draft simulations, is that correct? Because the, one of the things that's hard to figure out is like who the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to pick. So I would just be Googling and guessing. But what this website does, it's uh, called Fansided. What it does is it gathers mock drafts from the draft experts, the Matt Millers and the Mel Kuypers and all those things, and then uh, draft oh, needs. Sure. And so then it picks based on kind of consensuses for needs of what's available. And so it just picks all those first, and then you are sitting there at 30 with the Vikings pick. And then you can look at how the draft might play out and who might be available for the Vikings. And last year, funny enough, I drafted Pat Elfline in a couple of these. So I'll do, Bravo. Yeah, I'll do one basically every week and we'll see how it plays out and talk about some of the different things that could happen in the draft. And yeah, well, it's just as nerdy as playing Stratomatic, but people seem to like it. Speaking of mocking, David. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. I mean, you can't say mock on the show. And not mock. Where's it coming from? Yeah, you got a Monday we morning from? quarterback Ooh. Albert Breer, SI.com. This is Albert's mock draft volume three. Not a 3.0, just volume three. We number them a little differently Wait. over at SI versus ESPN. <laughs> that's I know. so that's so precious. It's tough to figure that out. That is so precious. This is volume, volume three. Volume three. Oh man. Let's roll. Cleveland Browns, number one overall pick. They choose the guy who's having his pro day right as we speak at USC. Sam Darnold, ESPN, has been live with, uh, well, not the godfather, but the Todd father, Todd McShay and Keyshawn Johnson, checking out all the action today. Uh, number two, now that we've got uh, uh, oh, projected trade with the New York Giants, you say? Buffalo Bills making the second overall pick, Josh Allen, quarterback Wyoming. Oh. So that would have them up from where originally? Uh, in Didn't there somewhere. Trade they, up? they were 21st to start, I think, right? And then they traded and up then to... they traded to 12. 12 they traded yes. Cordy Glenn away, and now right. they're working their way up. Wow. Uh, then we got uh, the Jets picking number three from Indy. They get Josh Rosen. Denver projected trade with Cleveland. Oh, my. This is crazy. Oh they get Baker Mayfield. Saqu- Saquon Barkley then goes to Cleveland at five. You got Bradley Chubb at six. Let's go all the way down here to 30 because there's no projected trades when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. They are making that pick at number 30, and they are taking a Big Ten player defensive tackle out of Michigan, Maurice Hurst. Love it. I want to mock. Mock. 
So here's the issue with uh, Maurice Hurst, that he had to leave the combine because he had a heart problem that was discovered in the medicals. You know how a lot of teams will say, well, the medicals are one of the biggest parts of the combine. So he had to go have that dealt with. And there has been no news about where he stands with that heart issue. If he is not out of the picture because of this, if he doesn't have to quit football or anything else, Maurice Hurst is a perfect pick for the Vikings because he's a three technique guy who rushes the passer who could play next to Linval Joseph long-term and it kind of fits the exact mold of being a little bit undersized, but beats guards one-on-one. Yeah. He is perfect for what they want long-term because Sheldon Richardson is going to be here for one year. I don't expect anything more from Richardson. It's a great pickup, but it's a one-year thing. All right, so let's say you do that. What do you do interior interior offensive line then? And is Berger coming back or not? You, you got to make a decision here. I don't believe that Berger's coming back. And my guess would be that you teams, think he's retiring or going elsewhere. I think he's going to retire. Make I, a decision. My, dude. my guess would be that teams are not offering him a whole lot of money because sure. he's thirty six years old. Okay, and, so let's say he's gone. You know. What's your solution here? Well, I think in the second round, how deep does that mock go, Dave? That is a one-round mock. Oh. If you need me to find two-round mocks, I mean, they're available. I guess it's not even technically April yet, but, I mean, let's get to round seven. Um, <laughs> I bet I could find it. Yeah, he probably I'm could. Don't sure do that. I'm sure you could. Please. Wally football's got to be on For the love of all that's now. good, please don't do a seven-round mock. I really just clicked on all my good, my good buddy Wally football. He's in the second round, yeah. there's a very good chance. Turn that phone off. Come sorry. on, a little respect for I'm the sorry. show. Put it on mute. There, in, there's a very good chance in the second round that um, there's a guard available who's very good. When you look at this guard class, there are a couple guys that have a chance to go in the first round, but just because of positional value, everybody wants tackles, everybody wants wide receivers, cornerbacks, quarterbacks, and as you saw from Pat Elfline, a guy who stepped in and did a fantastic job, he dropped all the way to the third round, and he was clearly a, a better talent than that. And there could be that guy this year. I think that Will Hernandez and Isaiah Wynn, Isaiah Wynn's from Georgia, Will Hernandez from UTEP, those two are probably first-round picks. But then beyond that, anybody could fall to number 30, or they could do a trade-up into the mid-second and end up getting a guard there. I, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if when we're talking about that 30 pick, it's a defensive tackle, it's a tight end, it's a safety, something for the future there. Really, for the love of all that's good, just put that phone on silence. I'm sorry. We're right in the middle of breaking down offensive guard play. I know. This and is what some, everyone came here for. Thoughtless person. Yeah, my mistake. This is why I'm a fill in. Just mute him. Um, by, by the way, uh, while you do that, yeah, uh, what do you got? Walter do you got? Football pick number 62, uh, round two. Can you do this without the song? Minnesota Vikings. I, I can do it. Mock. Nathan Shepard, defensive tackle out of Fort Hayes State. Okay. Well, so, they wouldn't so be taking that. two defensive So, what's his first round pick? Who's he got in first round? Well, now I have to click back to the first round. That's Wally Football. Of course. You got seven There's rounds. There's a lot of clicking going on. Oh, there, and there actually literally are all at least six rounds. Wally Football's website will melt your computer, too. Oh, it's not <laughs> it's, good. It's so massive. It has it so like many, like, adult type pop up ads. <laughs> well, there you go. You, you mentioned him, I believe. Will Hernandez, guard UTEP. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and if Will Hernandez is there, that guy's a monster. I would like, I would like that. Yeah, I would really like an offensive guard. He's a late, baller. And just find a solution. Because you've got Elf line. I think your tackles for now are fine, right? I mean, they're not great, but they're fine. They were good signings. I would really like to see them get a long-term solution at at least one guard in this draft. Yep.
Yep, I think that they will be Because the offensive that. line can improve. That that interior can improve. Elf line was, I thought, really good. But the guards, I didn't think, blew me away. No, I agree. Easton, they like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mentality fits. His athleticism fits. Uh, but on the other side, right now, they have no one. And I don't like the idea right now of moving Remmers to guard just because I think the guard class is so much stronger. If there was a tackle that you could have gotten in free agency like Justin Pugh, then maybe you move him over. But even when you look at the draft, there's a guard, or there's a tackle named Connor Williams who they might want as a guard long-term because he doesn't have the longest arms or really the right frame to play tackle. And when you look at the tackle class outside of that, there's really one good guy who's going to go really high, and then everybody else is pretty questionable. And yet there are these five guards who are really good. I mean, it's just kind of the way the ball bounces. You might need to go in that direction. How do you feel about round three's pick? <laughs> Wide receiver USC Deontay Burnett. I am interested to see what they do with the wide receiver position because they let Jerry's right go. And you need, you need a, a number three, and I'm not convinced yeah. that guy's on the roster. I, I wrote today Certainly that— not the first-round pick. I told you, you that. You might end up missing him. You might end up missing Jerry's right. He only had 18 oh, catches, but 10 of them were big, and then he had six catches well, how much in the is playoffs. the depth behind Treadwell potentially there isn't much. serviceable to move up into that role? I mean, there's really uh, only— Stacy Coley and Caleb Jones, who we yeah. were talking about earlier today. But you like, didn't you like Jones last no, year? No, I did. Yeah, and he made the practice. Uh, I'm squad. not asking for a lot. I just don't think that Laquan's reliable. No, I. Oh, I totally. Agree. So if you can I get totally a guy who's that. reliable, he doesn't need to be great. What was great about Wright was you could rely on him. He mm-hmm. wasn't going to be a star, but he was always going to come in, not screw up, and he could make a big play every once in a while. How about this for a stat for Jerry's Wright that over the last four years, when quarterbacks, the many quarterbacks that they had. Threw the ball in Jarius Wright's direction, they had a 101 quarterback rating when thrown to him and completed nearly 70% of their passes. Doesn't surprise me one bit. No, that, I mean, when you threw it his way, good things happened. And that's why I thought, you know, maybe he is a little overpaid, but oh well. All right, let's come back and wrap things up uh, by talking about a controversial Purple Podcast. Mackie and Judd now continue. You're trained for this. You're ready for this. On 1500 ESPN. Join Rookie in 1500 ESPN at Station 280 in St. Paul from 530 to 730. Tomorrow night, Thursday the 22nd, it is another one of our ultimate college basketball tournament viewing parties. Basket pong, prizes galore, a little bracketology perhaps, and the fantastic beer specials all sponsored by Dos Equis. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Mackie and Judd, which today has been Zolgat and Call, or TCL Broadcast Studios, uh, GL coming up at 1 o'clock. All right, Matthew, tell me about um, the most recent edition of the Purple Podcast that you did and why it has caused such consternation <laughs> among Vikings fans so uh, our, our listenership can go check it out themselves this afternoon. Well, uh, I, I had on uh, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, and we were talking about Kirk Cousins and what the outlook for the Vikings should be and where he stands. And, uh, you know, we had Ted Wynn on the air earlier today, and he thinks that Cousins has made some improvements and he would put him around 10th in the NFL. And and Eric is a little more skeptical of Cousins and where he's going to fit with the Vikings. And, and basically what he said was by the way they look at it, their numbers, their projections for Cousins and, and how good they think he is, Uh, the Vikings' odds to win the Super Bowl are maybe higher than they should be with him as their quarterback. 
which I think is a fair thing to say considering the NFC, especially if the Rams get Indominus Sue. I mean, you have some really stacked teams. You have some really great quarterbacks. Rodgers will be in the mix. Breeze's team is stacking up. They signed a nickel corner who's uh, the best name out there for that position, and their defense is going to be good. The Bears are even better. The Lions probably should be more competitive than they were last year, and they were like a 9-7 and seven team. And so he's looking at it as a little more skeptically than uh, maybe some other people might who put the Vikings at the very top for the Super Bowl. And the tweet I woke up to today, people very upset that someone would suggest that Cousins is not going to put the Vikings in the Super Bowl, which I think uh, there's kind of two sides to it. Like, number one, yeah, he's a good quarterback. I don't think there's any debate over whether he's a good quarterback. But on the other side of that, the money that you spent on him, you're kind of going all in for 2018. And if it doesn't happen because there are many other good teams in the NFC, then where did you put yourself after that? And that's a difficult question. So um, it's the Vikings. Nobody does like all in fan anger. Like, don't you dare criticize my team like the Vikings. You think so? I mean, the Vikings, I certainly have that. I, it's, I, I think that people, to your point, I think that people, the fan base can't fathom that this won't work now because if it doesn't work, here's what you're going to hear. We told you Keenum was just fine. Oh, we yeah. told you yeah, Case yeah, yeah. was going to work. Yeah. See, I, I think that this move is an honest attempt at saying we were really good, but this is going to be this is going to be a window that's open for a very short amount of time. So how can we improve upon that? And I think the playoffs were instructive, don't you? To me, the playoffs were very instructive. To yes, your defense fell apart in Philly, but I keep going back to your defense is still good. However, some of the things that you thought might go wrong as the season progressed eventually did. And so you look at the quarterback position, and I'll keep going back to what I've said too is, no matter what you think of Cousins, quarterbacks like him do not hit the open market on any type of regular basis. Mm -hmm. They just don't. They're either franchised, they're either signed long-term. There is a reason why so many teams desperately draft them. Because there are very few instances where a quarterback who's accomplished resume-wise what he has gets free. Mm-hmm. And and so, but yeah, I am waiting for when they lose in week two or three or something, or week one, for the Keenum crowd to come back. Because <laughs> they will. You know they will. And, and all you I know mean, they're coming back. I, I think that people are generally, Vikings fans, are hard on the Vikings. Uh, but you have the section of the fan base who does not want to hear any criticism of them ever and will really let you know. And I I think maybe in every office, everyone knows that Viking fan who they're like, ah, man, tough loss on Sunday. No, they're like, Courtney, well, it wasn't our fault. It was the referees. Thielen caught it. Or it it was, you know, this is going to work. This is going to work. Kingdom's going to win the Super Bowl because he's the best. I I got bad news for, for you, too. Guess who's guilty for that one? A good faction of us in this business. Yeah, it, yeah, it goes. Probably. It goes back to to the conversation that we had about the wild. There is a large portion of wild fans that are so coddled by the press that they're like, "Well, yeah, my, no, my team's great." Well, actually, no, it's not. I think, with, and the Vikings have the same exact thing with the with the football, especially. You see a lot of it. I mean, NFL Network is like consistently sort of talking. They're highlighting the good things about the teams in the leagues. I, I'd put it that way. 
And that that attitude is probably the a lot of times the right way to look at it in the offseason because you're talking about what could go right usually. What could go right with the Vikings and why they did this. And a lot of times you do get criticized by fans if you say, hey, you know, maybe Cousins won't work out. See you tomorrow. Jamie Watson in for Phil.